Over the last uh, few weeks, it's been. Uh, I've turned this on. Sorry. Sorry. And thank you, God, for these guys at the back who uh, who do what they do. Uh, over the past few weeks, it's been such a great journey on through the Sermon on the Mount and to see the different personalities of our speakers bring out different aspects of, uh, of this uh, tremendous sermon that God is speaking to everyone else except us. And uh, isn't that right, Elizabeth? Okay, we need probably to start listening now. <coughs> okay. That God is speaking to everyone else except us. Is that right? No. That God is speaking to us and he pleads with us as his children and says, hey, these are the standards that I need you to meet. You see, a walk with God is a walk of the heart. A walk with God is not about the things that we do, but it's a connection from here. And, uh, and we've looked at uh, you know, the Beatitudes and the sort of people that are those who are God's people. And we had a look at being salt and light in this community, people who are different and prepared to stand out as being different. And we saw that we are called to not look at the righteousness of the leaders, the religious leaders of the day and some of the religious leaders of today, but to look at the word of God and what that calls us to do. Because it's far more than just doing. It is actually all about being. And to look at relationships with one another. And when it comes to adultery, well, that's just the final straw in a problem that is eating away at the heart well before the act of adultery is committed. It's in here and in here. God wants us to be very different people, totally committed to a righteous and holy God with, him we, with whom we have absolutely no right to have a relationship with. And yet through his mercy and grace, he calls us into relationship with him. He calls us into relationship with him and we have no right to be there. Is God good? He sure is. And you know when I was thinking about this particular passage that we're going to read in a minute or we, we've read already but we're going to speak on, it took my mind to this. You don't have to look it up but listen. In Luke 18, it's the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and prayed, God, thank you that I am not like other people robbers, evildoers, adulterers or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and, and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. 
a sinner. Who did God hear that day? Who did God hear that day? As we go on this journey with Jesus and we're looking at these things and it's just about seeing ourselves and placing ourselves in a right position before a holy and righteous God. Our pride is something that just seems to get in the way of everything that we do. And as I looked at this various thing, my, uh, my head turned to a, uh, a particular show on television. Do you remember Hyacinth Bouquet? <laughs> now, there's a couple of people here I don't think have ever seen Hyacinth Bouquet. Is that right? Never heard of them. Well, you want to get... It's a documentary, really. <laughs> it's a comedy about a woman living in England. And, uh, and, uh, oh, it's really hard to explain, isn't it? Bouquet spelled B-U-C-K-E-T, <laughs> bucket. And as she answers the phone, Hyacinth, no, was it uh, Bouquet residence, the lady of the house speaking? A woman living in the lowly suburbs who sees her position in life as far higher than what it really is. And as her neighbours despair at the thought of being invited to an afternoon tea. But every now and then her brother-in-law and sister arrive and she gets them to park down the road because she doesn't want to see their old car in her driveway. And if there happens to be a charity function somewhere and someone important is going to be there, let's say the Prime Minister, she lets everybody know that she's got a meeting with the Prime Minister and yet all she's doing is going to a charity function where the Prime Minister may be. She's a woman who just sees herself and wants everyone else to see her as someone far greater than she really is. But you know the sad thing is that she's the only person in that little area there who doesn't see herself as that. All their neighbours see her just as Hyacinth Bucket. And her husband knows exactly who she is and goes, isn't that true? Oh, Sorry? And the postman, everyone. And they all want to avoid her. How sad. Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And there once again the theme of the Sermon on the Mount. The heart. The heart. 
Chris, I can't see your heart, but God can. And that's what he's looking at. And Rob, I can't see your heart, but God can. And I just want to ask you the question, Chris, do you want to impress me or God? Hey? Oh. I'm going to try Rob. <laughs> Who do you want to impress, Rob? Me or God? God first. Do you know, isn't that interesting that that would be the answer from everyone here if I asked them, wouldn't it really? That God is far more important than I am or anyone else here. Our relationship with God is what's important. And yet, we do. Be honest. Don't nod your heads or anything. I don't, you know, I don't need to see it. I know that we spend a lot of our time looking to impress other people. It's just true. And we do it in lots of different ways. And then we live in denial. Because we like to be liked. And there's this little seed within us that has been there since the Garden of Eden. And that little seed is called pride. And it's there. And it stays there. And it will be there until God recreates us. At the moment, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, we we keep working on it day by day. And we keep it in check. But that's the reality. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So you give to, so when you give to the needy, not if, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. To be honoured by others, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, when, not if, do not let your heart, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is in, done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. God takes or Jesus takes in this instance, just as he has in the previous verses, something that is a natural thing for people to do. The first thing is giving to the needy. Now this is something, if you go through the Old Testament, you see this is something that he has established right from the beginning. 
It's something that is natural and should be done by everybody. Deuteronomy 15, 7-11 says, If among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns with you and your land that, your, that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against the, your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need whatever it may be. Take care lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart and, and, and you say, the seventh year, the year of release is near and your eye look grudgingly at your poor brother and you give him nothing and he cried to the Lord against you and you'll be guilty of sin. You shall give to him freely and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him because for the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, to the poor, to the land, in your land. Hebrews 13:16 Do not neglect to do good to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. 2 Corinthians 9:7 Each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. 1 John 3:17 But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him how does God love God's love abide in him? He took something that should be a natural part of the life of a godly person and he taught on this. And one of the reasons was this. It was actually interesting uh, looking at uh, Hebrews uh, with Laurie because when you look at that list of people, the people of faith of that Old Testament time, all of those people were people of humility. The great leaders were always people of humility. Yes, they were all people who fell also. You could see in all of their lives areas where they fell. But in Jesus' day, the Pharisees and the religious leaders or the wealthy people would often walk around with an entourage, people who hang on, You know, we look at our movie stars these days or our singing sensations and they always have a lot of hangers-on. It seems that's something that hasn't changed very much in history, throughout history. But the religious leaders had people, as they walked around, these people would be following them, seeing them, watching them. And these wealthy people or the Pharisees would then go to the poor and as everyone watched them, they would hand out their money And everyone would think these people were just wonderful. How they gave to the poor, how righteous they were, how good they were because they were giving a tenth of their money away. But why were they giving? Why were they walking around with their entourage and doing it like that? You see, God was saying to them it's not the act of giving that's what you should be doing but why do it with an entourage why do it with people who will scrape at your ankles and say great things about you why not go at midnight when no one will see you 
and just place at the front doors of those people the things that you want to give them. Without mentioning any names, when I was in Darwin, I met up with a wonderful guy by the name of John Whitburn, the pastor of Baptist Church up there and a uh, fabulous bloke. And they lived in Greensboro here and uh, times were really tough. And um, John's dad passed away and he was there with his mum and they had no money. And, uh, but food would miraculously turn up unannounced early in the morning always by the same person no announcement and that person never went to other people and said oh Judy I was just down at the Whitburns and, and just left a few things on the door just, just so you know you know, just, just so you know what I was doing early yeah no announcements. Nothing was ever said. But the food by the person was always there. Giving is what we naturally should do. Because we don't just love God with all our heart, soul and mind, but what else do we do? Sorry? love each other. So, Elizabeth, when you're hungry and I'm your brother and I see you're hungry, what what would be the natural outworking of someone who loves you? Provide. So, God's not saying here, here's some miracle I want you to do, here's something that I want to work through you in a very special way This is not something out of the ordinary. This is normal, everyday stuff that I just want you to do. And if we live in Australia, there's not a person here who's not wealthy. Because I would suggest there's probably not a person here if we all decided to go to the restaurant afterwards and had a coffee, just a coffee. I don't think there's a person here who couldn't pay for a coffee. Would I be right? Well, that puts us in the top 90% of the world for wealth. So we have a responsibility according to scriptures to make sure we care for those who are less fortunate. But he then goes on to prayer. Now, is prayer a good thing? Prayer prayer a good thing, you reckon? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, how do we destroy prayer? (laughs) Yeah, you're telling you our shopping list. That's right. (laughs) That is so true. But. One of the ways we destroy prayer is by having complete misunderstanding of the starters. Who are we praying to? In genuine prayer, who are we praying to? A holy God. A righteous God. Who's righteous here today? Yeah, okay, no, no, no hands. 
but we change the context. Who by God's grace is righteous here today? Yes, in a sea of hands. It's exactly right. So what did you bring to the table in that righteousness? Do you want to list Judy? Nothing, no. No. So we're made righteous by the work of God through his son on the cross and nothing that we have done. True? And God gives us this incredible privilege of being able to come to him and talk with him, commune with him, even when we don't know what to say because of the stress and grief that we may be in. What does he say? Don't worry. The Holy Spirit will interpret the calls of your heart before me in heaven. So there's nothing we can bring to the table. And yet these Pharisees at the time were standing on the street corners where everyone could see them and crying out to God all these platitudes. And they were using prayer for a means of showing off in amongst the people. What right did they have to do that? To use something that God has given to us as a personal thing to communicate with him and use it for their own benefit with pride at the base of it. What would God the Father think of that? Here God has given us prayer as such a beautiful thing. And he said, no, don't use it for that. Get off in a room somewhere and don't ruin the occasion. Here God wants to communicate with you. If you want to be like the Pharisees, then go ahead and be like them. But you know, the thanks you might get from the people around you, well, that's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. But here God goes on to say something really amazing. So what do we bring to the table, Stuart? Nothing. Not a thing. So what other than salvation that God has already given us do we deserve by helping the poor and praying and so forth? Anything? No. But God goes on or Jesus goes on to say something really strange here. So that your giving may be in secret, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then close the door, pray to your father who is unseen, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Chris, say thanks. thanks. Yeah, meant a lot. The, um, you know, if you were going to be thanked by someone for doing something, would you prefer that person was 
at Chris. Really nice guy. Love him dearly. Or God. Come on, Graham. Not difficult, is it? No, no. But why is it then so difficult for us when this seed of pride grows within us and for some reason, for some reason, we prefer that thanks from man over the thanks from God. And yet, in the cool, hard light of day to day, if we had to choose between a reward that, uh, um, that Bruce could give me and one that God could give me, forget it, Bruce. Sorry, sorry. You know, God's rewards are eternal. Eternal. And as we sat around this table today with this bread and this wine, Laurie reminded us that we do that until he comes. And we're down on this earth, who knows? Maybe today. (laughs) Maybe today will be the end of our life. Maybe next year. And you saw the little children here and they all ran out so they didn't have to listen to me. Maybe they've got 70, 80 years left. Maybe. But how long's eternity? A long time. (coughs) And when we're down on earth here, we're going to have the struggles with work, with mortgages, with family, with traffic. And we're going to have to continue to deal with one another. And it is nice to get a thank you every now and then for things that are done. But would you trade that for an eternal life with God unaffected by sin? What's your choice? What's your choice? So when you read these passages go and read them in a room by yourself And just consider the areas that maybe, just maybe, you're doing things to make man happy. Maybe there's areas where you're doing things to get rewards now. And just confess them to God and say, God, I know I've been doing this and I know my heart is not right in this. And I know that you've called me to do these various things because this is the gifting I've got or this is the ability that I have to be able to do it and it's only a right thing that I continue to do these things. But Father, change my heart so that the things that you call me to do, the things you ask me to do, the things you you have given me the ability to do, that I do them with the right motive. You see, at no stage in this does Jesus say, don't 
give to the poor. At no stage did he say, stop praying. He says, no, just get the heart right. Just get the heart right. So today, find a room. Come into confession with God and say, God, you show me. Even if it takes a week or a month, you just show me where I'm getting this wrong because my relationship, first of all, has got to be with you. You see, it's love God first and then love each other. I want to get it right. Do you want to get it right? Let's pray. Father, as we've looked over the Sermon on the Mount and we've seen all these various actions that people do, we've seen religious leaders of the past and certainly see it today also that they take your written word and they change it just a little bit to make changes that are not in the context of what you say. And so you've corrected those things in chapter 5. But at the heart of all of those things is our heart and then you continue that in chapter 6. It's all about our heart. It's about being first and then the doing will be right. It's about being first and then with the leading of your spirit we will know what doing we're supposed to be involved in. And Father, today we so often get these things wrong because seed, that seed of pride is constantly there and sometimes it, it takes root and just grows into a bush and sometimes a tree and gets in the way of everything. Father, this morning I pray that you would help each one of us to be able to come before you and and allow you to work within us and show us the areas we need to work on to get this heart right, to push pride aside, to confess it to you and for you to help us to not put away the things that we do but to do it with the right attitude. Father, this morning I just want to thank you for your word. It really is the light and the lamp for us to be guided in our everyday life. And if we have questions, we know that your word has the answers. But there's not always easy answers. Sometimes they're really hard. Father, help us now. Let our humility grow. Let the Holy Spirit take over in our lives. Let our desires be for you. Let always be that you come first. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you.